This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that rolls the dice on history seven days a week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're talking about one of the most feared gangsters in American history and how he got involved in the legendary Flamingo Hotel. The day was December 26, 1946. Notorious gangster Benjamin Bugsy Siegel opened the glamorous Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. The grand opening featured entertainment by singer and comedian Jimmy Durant, with music by Cuban bandleader Xavier Cugat. The event was attended by some of Siegel's famous Hollywood friends, including actors Clark Gable, George Sanders, and Joan Crawford. Despite the glitzy guest list, the hotel's opening weekend was a total bust, and the fallout from that failure ultimately cost Siegel his life. Benjamin Siegel was born in Brooklyn, New York on February 28, 1906. He got involved with neighborhood crime as a teenager and eventually partnered with future mob syndicate leader Meyer Lansky. The pair formed a criminal gang on Manhattan's Lower East Side called the Bugs and Meyer Mob. They mostly dealt in bootlegging, but eventually the gang joined forces with the syndicate a unified group of mobsters from the city's various national gangs. In the 1920s, Siegel made a name for himself as one of the founding members of Murder Incorporated, the so-called enforcement branch of the syndicate. In his role as a hitman, he allegedly murdered more than 30 people and orchestrated the killings of countless others. Fellow gang members gave Siegel the nickname Bugsy, because they said his quick and vicious temper often made him act, quote, crazy as a bedbug. Siegel hated the name because it reminded him of the poverty he had experienced as a child. Anyone who dared call him Bugsy to his face quickly came to regret it. By the mid-1930s, Murder, Inc. had attracted enough heat that Lansky had to send Siegel out of town. The displaced mobster set up shop in Los Angeles, where he helped expand the syndicate's drug trade. Siegel had no problem adapting to a West Coast lifestyle. He began hosting lavish parties at his mansion in Beverly Hills and befriended celebrities like Cary Grant and Virginia Hill, an actress who later followed Siegel to Las Vegas. In the early 1940s, Vegas wasn't the tourist destination we know it as today. What would later become the iconic Las Vegas Strip was simply Highway 91 at the time. The change began in 1941 with the opening of the El Rancho Vegas Resort and then the Last Frontier Resort a year later. Both establishments offered deluxe accommodations, top-tier entertainment, and of course, legalized gambling. It was the latter, in particular, that caught the attention of the mob. In 1945, Lansky sent Siegel to survey the prospect of building their own hotel and casino in downtown Vegas. 
When he arrived, Siegel liked what he saw and quickly purchased a $600,000 stake in the El Cortez Hotel on Fremont Street. Meanwhile, not far away, a man named Billy Wilkerson was trying to build a new resort on Highway 91. As the founder of The Hollywood Reporter and the owner of several popular nightclubs in LA's Sunset Strip, Wilkerson wanted to bring the glamour of Hollywood and Europe to Las Vegas. Unlike the other resorts, this one wouldn't be themed to the western frontier. Instead, it would have a cosmopolitan style, complete with an upscale restaurant, a Monte Carlo-style French casino, and bidets in all the bathrooms. The only problem was that Wilkerson's vision far exceeded his wallet. The high cost of building materials immediately following World War II depleted his bank account faster than expected. That's when Bugsy Siegel and the New York mob stepped in to lend a hand. Siegel sold his stake in the El Cortez, then pooled his profits with the syndicate's money and delivered a $1 million loan to Wilkerson. The arrangement didn't last long, however, with Wilkerson soon deciding that it was safer to just sell his stake in the resort rather than stay in business with the mob. Siegel took control of the project and immediately started making changes to the blueprints. He tweaked the design to better resemble the resorts in Havana, Cuba, where Lansky and the syndicate had been investing. There's a long-standing rumor that Siegel named the resort after his Hollywood girlfriend, Virginia Hill, whose nickname was the Flamingo on account of her red hair and long legs. It's true that was her nickname, and the actress certainly spent a lot of time at the casino. However, Billy Wilkerson had been using the Flamingo name well before Siegel and Hill came into the picture. Apparently, the shared Flamingo nickname was pure coincidence. Siegel relished his role as supervisor, but he wasn't very good at it. Construction dragged on and went millions of dollars over budget, leading his partners in New York to wonder if Siegel was skimming money from the project. He kept them at bay by promising major profits that would more than make up for the money spent. But unfortunately for him, that big money never came. After months of hype, the Flamingo finally opened on December 26, 1946. But almost nothing went as planned. Siegel had reserved multiple private planes to fly in A-list celebrities like Lucille Ball, Ava Garner, and Veronica Lake. However, due to bad weather, most of the guests stayed home. To make matters worse, the majority of the hotel rooms were unfinished. So even though 28,000 people came to the Flamingo's opening weekend, most of them had to find a room somewhere else, and they took their winnings with them. As a result, the casino ultimately lost between $300,000 and $500,000 during its first week of operation. The response was so bad that within a month of opening, the Flamingo ran out of cash and had to close down. Amazingly, Lansky went to bat for his old friend and was able to convince the other syndicate leaders to give Siegel a second chance. After borrowing money from his fellow mobsters, Siegel made some renovations and reopened the resort in March of 1947, 
this time calling it the Fabulous Flamingo. Things went better the second time around, and by April the hotel had finally turned a profit. Sadly, the turnaround came too late to save either Siegel's reputation or his life. To the syndicate, the hotel's newfound success was further proof that Siegel hadn't been straight with them in the first place. They were convinced that he had pocketed money from the project and then lied about the hotel's troubles to account for what he stole. The exact details of what happened next are unknown, but it's widely believed that Siegel's partners had him killed for his alleged betrayal. What we know for certain is that on June 20th, 1947, an unknown gunman shot and killed Siegel as he sat reading the newspaper in Virginia Hill's living room in Beverly Hills. A few minutes after the hit, three syndicate leaders strolled into the lobby of the fabulous Flamingo and assumed control of the whole operation. Despite its checkered past, the Flamingo continued to rake in cash for the syndicate and helped establish a new standard for over-the-top luxury in Las Vegas. Its success inspired further investment in the city, and pretty soon the modern Las Vegas Strip was born. As for the Flamingo, it changed hands several times over the years, and is currently owned and operated by Caesars Entertainment. Nothing remains of the original architecture, with the last of its original structures being demolished in 1993. It's said that Siegel's private suite, including his bulletproof glass and secret escape tunnel, was among the last things to be destroyed. Like the ship of Theseus, even though the original flamingo is long gone, its present form is still considered the oldest operating hotel and casino on the Las Vegas Strip. Today, management tends to downplay the resort's connection to a ruthless killer, and understandably so but they haven't completely forgotten their founder either. Bugsy's Bar inside the Flamingo still churns out cocktails in his honor, and if you look hard enough, you'll find a plaque dedicated to him in the hotel garden. Siegel's legacy is bathed in blood and neon light, sickening and captivating at the same time. All laid out, it doesn't make for the prettiest view, but it's a perfect fit for Sin City. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.